0: Welcome to the Ubinami Sneakers and Lifestyle Podcast. Sneakers are the main focus, but other areas of interest such as fashion, business, and sports will be covered as well. If you can't relate to making ill-advised financial decisions to buy more sneakers, then this podcast might not be for you. Open conversations and discussions are essential to the well-being of the Ubenami Sneakers and Lifestyle Podcast. Thanks for your time and support. Let's get right into the episode. Let's get right into episode two with the quick 2024 sneaker outlook. Brands all over the world have been and will have to continue being customer focused. Over the past few years, there's been a noticeable increase in attention towards customer service and client relations. Producing quality sneakers isn't enough anymore. It's a bad look for labels, with poor customer service. And the fact that sneakers are everywhere shows that Having good sneakers isn't enough anymore. People want to be taken care of and shown they're appreciated for. And going off that, sneaker labels have to keep up with local, national, and world events. More brands, especially sneaker brands, are becoming more socially active. One, these labels had to be for the people. And the fact that major corporations have a harder time connecting with customers gives these smaller labels a greater advantage. But sometimes some of these corporations can hone in on certain interests or specializations to connect with customers on a deeper level. Also, the fact that collaborators have been gaining more power over the past few years gives a lot of these highly respected creatives and designers virtually free, creative, and design reign. A lot of these major brands know how impactful and important collabs have been and how important they will continue being, especially for the brand's overall success, longevity, and popularity. Designers aren't tied down to one brand anymore. The power remains on the side of the most creative designers and artists, and brands have quickly realized they have to be more accommodating or creators will gladly walk and find better opportunities elsewhere. And last quick point, it'll be interesting to see which brands besides Nike and Jordan really have an impact this year on the overall sneak release calendar. New Balance is definitely major contender for rounding out the top three. They've been heavily relying on collabs, so it'll be interesting to see if they continue with that trend or go a different direction. And then Adidas, I think they're still trying to rebound from Kanye. Not sure how this partnership with Jerry Lorenzo is going to go, but who knows? I mean, anything can happen. And then a few other brands like Sockney, J Tips has brought more attention to the Pennsylvania-based brand. Asics been Keeping up with the Dachu trend, mesh runners, just the runner wave in general. And definitely potential for more collabs as well. And Puma has been really basketball focused, getting collabs with NBA players. And Reebok also basketball focused too, uh, with Shaq and AI overseeing their basketball operations. So this year will be very telling for Every sneaker label, not just the big ones, not just small ones, every label has something to show this year and set themselves up for a successful decade overall. Just a quick rundown of some anticipated Jordan releases this year. One being the Air Jordan 1 Low Year of the Dragon It's a pretty cool colorway. Haven't seen anything like this. And then another Air Jordan 1 Low uh, with Trophy Room. Everybody knows scandals and news about Marcus Jordan, but that's something you talk about forever. These shoes are going to be bangers. Nothing less. And then the Travis Scott Air Jordan 1 Low Black and Olive colorway. Any Travis Scott Jordan will do well and have high demand. And then the Air Jordan 11 Columbia. Uh, This hasn't came out. In almost exactly 10 years. So this is definitely a highly anticipated Jordan release. And Jordan 11 released the past few Air Jordan 11 holiday releases haven't been the best or haven't been as anticipated as the Columbia's. And then the Air Jordan 4 Bread Reimagined. No matter what you think about the leather compared to the suede, this is still going to be one of the hottest Jordans of the year. And going off that, I'm just going to go through top 5 Nike and Jordan releases for February and March. No particular order. February, starting off with the Trophy Room, Air Jordan 1 Low. This is an obvious one, just talked about it. And then another one just spoke about as well, the Air Jordan 4 Bread Reimagined. The Nike KD4 Galaxy. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of KD. This is still a classic Nike basketball sneaker. And then the Nike SB Dunk Low City of Love pack. Dunks have been saturated over the past few years, but some hit different. Some Nike SBs hit different. And this is definitely one I'm looking forward to also because they come out on my birthday. And then finishing top five in February with the Awake New York Nike Airship. And then the March Nike and Jordan top five releases, starting off with the Air Jordan 1 Low 85 Metallic Navy, most 85 jordan ones do well in terms of demand because they don't come out as often and they're they're a truer cut to the original air jordan ones and also the air jordan 4 women's sale the air jordan 14 flint gray the nike dunk low give her flowers and then the air jordan 3 craft ivory colorway March definitely slows down a little for Nike and Jordan, but it's hard to compete when you have a month of releases like that in February. Obviously, everybody usually has a favorite brand or brands that they tend to purchase more than others. uh, But it's definitely important to diversify your personal collection. Try new and different brands. There's too many brands in the world just to stick to one, unless you're sponsored and, you know, getting paid, obviously. Because when you see somebody, Nike head-to-toe or Adidas head-to-toe, pretty much a free walking ad. You should focus more on what you like and what goes with your style well, rather than being matching head to toe. Uh, What you can diversify your collection is by looking at your collection now and figuring out what you can add to add color, variation, and life to your collection. Sometimes you have to take a break in purchasing new sneakers to find what that void is that needs to be filled. And it's also important to remember that you, you don't have to break the bank impress others personally i think a good collection is a diverse collection that has sneakers for multiple occasions uses events activities etc and you should remember that collecting should be fun it's not a competition with anyone else you should worry about what you like and what you wear, because at the end of the day, nobody can wear shoes for you. They can say they like them and they don't, but you're the one wearing them, so who cares what other people say? And price tags are obviously important, but they don't define sneakers. All cheap sneakers aren't bad, and all expensive ones don't automatically mean they're good or solid sneakers. And going off that, finding your niche in sneakers is also essential to building any type of long-lasting collection. It's important to curate your style And find models and silhouettes that fit your body type because everything won't look good on you. That's just how it is. When you realize that some sneakers look better than others, you can figure out what will be worn the most and what is of the most value in your collection. I can do this by experimenting trial and error and that eventually leads to staples in your collection or go-to pairs that you find yourself wearing more than others for many reasons. You can diversify within your niche through different colorways, brands, models, etc. You don't have to limit yourself and stepping out of your comfort zone helps you realize what is your niche and what isn't. And once sneaker won't serve every purpose, some are more versatile than others. And then figure out which sneakers fit which purposes. Some of the most versatile sneakers in your collection bring the most value and then to have sneakers that are meant for only one type of event occasion or activity now's the time for a quick sneaker break because it's important to remember that there is a life outside of sneakers. At the end of the day, these are just shoes, and they're not to get hung up on. Just want to start off by talking about taking care of your body. Do this personally by going to the gym, going for walks when it's nice out, going for runs or jogs, and playing basketball. It helps me clear my mind, and the motto, look good, feel good, is obviously a real thing. Uh, You have to take time for yourself by working on yourself both physically, and mentally. It'll help you understand your body better. This is important because healthy habits lead to a healthy life. Eating healthier, limiting alcohol, less time for unhealthy and destructive habits, and focus on healthy routines are all essential to creating healthy habits that'll improve your life in some way or another. While focusing on your physical state, it's also important to make sure you're in the ideal environment. Obviously, you can't change everything all at once, and sometimes you have to wait to change things, or opportunities come to change things. But it's important to make your space now unique. You don't always have to buy more. You can make do with what you have. That makes it feel more like a home rather than a place to rest your head at night. And healthy environments lead to more room for growth and improvement and overall positive experiences. going to close this sneaker break with one last key point which is appreciating what you have now there will always be a time where you want more and you can't expect better things to come without being appreciative of your life now more isn't always better and you have to be careful of what you wish for and then at the same time realizing that nothing is permanent temporary discomfort leads to future comfort and pleasure you didn't make it this far by accident and current situations don't last forever just want to get my version of the trend ins and outs so this be my sneaker ins and outs for this year start with ins diversifying your personal collection wearing what you like not paying outrageous resale prices appreciating smaller sneaker shops brands designers creatives etc finding steals and deals keeping sneakers clean and presentable intentional collecting And selling sneakers you no longer wear. And then outs. Buying from unethical and shady brands. Keeping tabs on other sneakers. Like pocket watching but for sneakers. Passing reps is authentic. This is a big one. If you want to buy fakes, reps, whatever, do you. Don't say they're real. Gatekeeping, local spots, sneaker tips, helpful info. Nobody likes gatekeeping, especially in sneakers. And then impulse buying. Buying from price gougers. Following every trend to the T. And only buying from one brand. Just a quick segment called the dark side of sneakers. Uh, First start with one of the more well-known bad sides of sneakers, which is sneaker reselling. Obviously there's sneaker resell shops everywhere. Some price gouge are worse than others. They're not all bad, and there's big difference between part-time resellers and full-time. Uh, but it's reselling gets a bad name when shady tactics are used, like when uneducated customers are preyed upon and taken advantage of because of their lack of knowledge about sneakers in general, and the fact that resellers end up with pairs they don't even like or have no intention of wearing rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Obviously, this isn't exclusive to sneakers, but it's easy to see in sneakers because of how saturated the sneaker market. Has become and another aspect to the dark side of sneakers is backdooring which happens more often than most people would realize but it's not as easy to see and hear about as reselling virtually every sneaker store partakes in some way or another so this isn't just one or two stores it's almost every store some brands get what they deserve uh, but most continue business as usual and unfortunately it will be around as long as the secondary market exists and then want to close this quick segment with the last aspect that i want to talk about of the dark side of sneakers with reps and fakes there's tons of reps that look as good if not better than authentic pairs and the whole real versus fake conversation is ridiculous because even so-called experts can't always tell the difference so what does that say about authenticating sneakers as a whole and obviously Everybody doesn't want to spend $1,000 on StockX or Goat or your local sneaker store. So I understand why people buy fakes. I don't condone it, but I wouldn't shame somebody for buying fakes that look as good as the real thing. But it becomes a problem. People start to pass reps as real and people scam others. But the people who buy reps and openly admit it and say they're not real, there's nothing wrong with that. The rep industry is huge in China. It's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, there's too many horror stories of of people buying thousand dollar shoes and end up getting fakes. So if you can't trust the fact that you're spending rent on sneakers being authentic, then why even bother in the first place? That's some people's logic but I'll leave it at that. And I want to touch on two more key points before I wrap up this episode. First, I want to talk about the local sneaker community in general. I feel like now it's less personal and more commercialized than ever. There aren't as many chances to have in-person interactions compared to even as little as five years ago. There are very few in-person releases now. The days of camping out and waiting out all night in line are pretty much over. And when you would camp out, there's a lot of interaction. And meeting new people that you can't replicate or even come close to virtually. Outside of releases, there's usually a limited number of events, and you have to ask do these events actively encourage interaction? and networking and then finding these in-person events can be a struggle and then obviously sneaker buy sell trade events aren't as big as what they used to be there's still tons of big ones and small ones all over the country the bigger ones are often superficial you can tell there's not as many opportunities to form genuine connections and these type of events are usually a seller's market there's some deals usually on used shoes but the events tend to cater toward the needs of sellers rather than buyers and From experience, I would say smaller events... Are better for networking, meeting new people, creating genuine and uh, genuine and authentic experiences because they feel more personal and they're less focused on dollars and more concerned with creating these connections and relationships with new people. And going off that, creating genuine connections—something I want to touch on—you uh, can do this just by showing your face at local sneaker shops or events and making conversation genuinely and making friends with people with similar interests. Like I said, going into local events. Looking online for these events is a great idea. And then staying up to date with local social media pages, making sure to focus on the positive and authentic stores, groups, individuals, etc. Because at the end of the day, superficialness and sneakers can be easily seen and felt. And then gonna wrap up by talking about something that's been around for a while, which is social media concerning sneakers. You could argue that sneakers have gone mainstream over the last few years no longer an underground thing kind of similar to streetwear and vintage markets and communities with going mainstream over the last couple years it's important to realize that everybody wants attention because even bad attention still brings in views and it's easy to tell the real from the fake people telling themselves and then finding new people groups and events it's much easier to find new things online than in person so this is a positive of sneaker social media but at the same time it's less personal than most in-person interactions would be. Sometimes it's hard to tell who is genuine. But bringing back to another positive, it brings people together at the end of the day that probably wouldn't have met otherwise. There's people that meet all around the world just because they like sneakers. And you have to be cautious of attention-grabbing posts, videos, and opinions. They're just really trying to get a like and get people fired up. You have to separate the real from the corny, the attention grabbers, and the cloud chasers. So like anything, social media is about moderation. It can be useful, but at the same time, there's a lot of corny, distracting, and ridiculous takes. You have to figure out a way to use sneaker social media to your benefit while limiting distractions and unnecessary content. Lastly, want to wrap up this quick episode with some upcoming news the first Ubinami podcast giveaway will be mid to late february more details on that coming soon and then again focusing on quality content trying to stick to one to two podcast episodes per month and four to six blog posts per month and then also looking into in-person meetups and potential events probably by summer or fall this year. Lastly, looking into bringing in some people to interview over the next few months. Going to slowly start that process and bring in some people that would provide a lot of valuable insight. As always, thanks for your time and attention. You can stay up to date with blog posts on ubenami.com and following you on Instagram and TikTok at Ubenami. Until next time, auf